welcome to another episode of Makers Weekly. My name is Dan Parsons and I am your host. In this episode, I sit down with Adi Roa. We talk about his new product, Copy. We go into the details of how binary outcomes from venture-backed startups isn't the only approach and how you can build a tech company in a sustainable manner in a proven market and backed by experience. So without further ado, let's welcome Adi to the show. Adi, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, really looking forward to learning more about Copy. Uh, to k- kick things off, you mind giving the listeners an overview of your product? Uh, yeah, uh, I am really glad to be here, Dan. Thanks for having me. Uh, to everyone who might be listening, uh, very simply put, Copy is an employee feedback and engagement platform. Uh, we are built from the ground up for remote teams and we are currently available on Slack. So the way it works is that uh, managers, remote managers use us to send regular check-ins to their uh, distributed teams and ask questions from our library around uh, their morale, around uh, what are they working on, do they need any help, um, around alignment, uh, you know, building the right culture, etc. And we take this feedback from employees and give a report back to the manager. That's that's how we work right now. We're on Slack and we'll soon have integrations with uh, WhatsApp, GitHub, uh, hopefully Microsoft Teams too. It's such a cool concept. Yeah. And I think it's very timely as well. I mean, there's a lot of crazy yeah. things happening, you know, in the world. And uh, I think now being able to get a pulse on your team's morale and how everybody's doing really is important. What uh, like what inspired you to to work on this specific project? Uh, interesting question. Um, so I've been in. I have. I think I'm one of the few people who have who like HR. Uh, so uh, I have been some way or the other involved with different. Uh, people functions for the past nine to ten years. Uh, my first job right out of college was in an assessments company. So uh, that company does uh, uh, you know assessments to for new joinees into the company to figure out you know uh, what kind of attitude do they have, are they leadership material or not. So I learned a lot about some of those things. After that, I was the founder of uh, a really fast-growing VC-funded company. Uh, We grew to like almost 250 people. And I think, and we ended up shutting down the company for various reasons. But I think my biggest lesson was that we did a really bad job of our people management. I did a really bad job of that. So my interest really intensified there. After that, again, I ended up, as a coincidence, working at an uh, HR tech company that does recruitment. Uh, so I built products there. So I again, got really close to it. So I knew that when I quit and start up again, it will be in that category. And I also started working remotely in 2019. So it kind of came together, uh, passion and, you know, just uh, my past experiences. Also, so, uh, one thing I was very sure is that uh, we, as a bootstrapped company, I don't want to go and create a category, you know, like I'm not going to have money to really spend on marketing and change consumer behavior. I needed to play in a proven market. And honestly, the more crowded, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, so this industry already exists. It's called the pulse surveys uh, tools. So in a traditional company, 
once a year, this huge long survey goes to all employees and everyone hates it by the way, but the HR forces you to fill it. Uh, so copy is a spin on that, which is hopefully a little bit more fun and modern way of doing it. Yeah, so that's that's how um, I think that's how the journey has been. Got it. So yeah, because typically, yeah, big companies do these, you know, these big like engagement surveys, um, yeah. and now you know they're splitting them up into these pulse surveys, which which in copy is a flavor of that. Um, but you, what I like about copy a lot is is you're meeting employees, you know, where they hang out, which is in Slack yeah. and some of these yeah. other, it looks like your roadmap has a couple of these other tools. Uh, yeah. so, so do you mind just tell us a little bit about like, how does a business set this up? Like if I'm a company, I like copy, mm-hmm. I want to get going. Like what does the onboarding process look like? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's one thing we are focused on a lot. And, uh, a different approach that we have taken is that we're not built for HRs. So, Usually the way it works is for other tools is that the head of human resources will buy the software for the entire company of 200 people. But we're really hyper-focusing on the manager. So the the way it works is that a manager finds us, installs our Slack app for his or her team, right? So they'll add, uh, so they'll find it on the Slack store or maybe through Product Hunt as of now, uh, or maybe through Google, Reddit, some of these places where we are active. Uh, they find the app, they install us, and the onboarding is really simple. All you have to do is tell us who's in your team. And just one more thing, which is, do you as a manager have a special problem today? So if you tell us that uh, I am worried about morale, so what Kapi will do is, from the question bank, Kapi will personalize those kind of questions and it will send it to the employees. So usually we have seen this onboarding takes nine to 10 seconds. Like I literally did the analysis yesterday out of the 60 uh, new signups we got over the weekend. It literally takes nine seconds because the Slack install is pretty fast. And then you just have one button to add the name of the employees and then just hit get started. So that's that's how it works. And then um, twice a week, we send out these check-in questions. And you send them out through Slack. So it's just like a you'll get yeah. a, a Slack ping and it'll have some questions and then how do you report that information back then to the managers um, we send uh, a message to the employee that you know your manager wants to check in with you and then we send a message back to the manager that your employee has answered your check-in and this is what the person answered uh, the manager can also see a summary of all the answers that are coming in. So uh, Slack has this new thing called a home tab. Like it's pretty recent, four or five months old. And it's almost like a web page now. So, uh, you know, you can see, the manager can see like a summary of, you know, who said what, how many people opted for option A, how many people opted for option B, almost like a poll with the textual comments also. So manager can see a summary. Mm. How did you how did you think about uh, getting those those first customers? Let's kind of start at the beginning, and you know you had the concept. Like, how did you go about validating the idea, even though it's somewhat of a mature concept? And then, yeah. you know, what was your like zero to one progression? Um, I think validation was uh, one. You know, we kind of knew that we want to go in a proven category. I did some Google search around, you know, how many people are searching for employee pulse surveys, tools, engagement tools, etc. cetera. Uh, then I went to the Slack store and I tried to see what are the other HR tools. 
And I found surprisingly a few of them that also had open metrics. So I could see that they are doing around like $10,000, $15,000 MRR after being around for two, three years, right? So look like there is some potential. Uh, there are a few popular ones. So there is one called Donut, which a lot of people use. Uh, all it does is it just connects people in the company together once a week and says, hey, you should meet up for a donut and a coffee. That's all it does, right? Uh, seems simple, but a beautiful solution for remote teams. So I could see that there is something here. Uh, then I just talked to a few friends who I knew was running global distributed teams. I think I interviewed around probably around 20, 30 such managers uh, through my own personal connections or reaching out to friends of friends. Uh, and th that's how we kind of got to know that, okay, there's something here. And we started building it. We built it for one month. And our first 10 beta customers actually came out of those 30 conversations. Mm. Uh, we worked in a, on a closed beta for one month. We polished the product, made some changes. And one month, one month later, which was two weeks ago, we kind of publicly launched. So that was our first 10 customers. After that, it's been Product Hunt and uh, Reddit. Pro oh, that's where you go, right? Product Hunt and Reddit is your main uh, source of. Is it is it all inbound? Are you doing any sort of outbound marketing or running ads on on Reddit? Um, as of now, it's all inbound. I have set up a few Google alerts through which I come to know if people are talking about employee engagement, remote work, uh, feedback tools. So as soon as I get that alert, I go to that thread and try to answer the questions. Mm. Uh, apart from that, I've posted a few posts, but of course, Reddit becomes difficult to do. You know, it's difficult to do self-promotion. The moderators can be quite strict. So I try to stay away from that as much as I can. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's it. That's what it has been as of now. Uh, I do want to start doing cold sales and, you know, reaching out to managers on LinkedIn. Uh, haven't started that yet. No ads as of now. We don't have the money, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it's okay. Um, yeah, I do. I do think that's a really interesting point about those interviewers turning into being your first customers. I think that's a that's a common thread that that I've heard um, and that I've I've you know I've experienced in previous worlds is a lot of times the people that you're getting the research from, um, you know, if you're if you're if you've found a true opportunity, also are the most you know interested and bought in in, in the solutions that you work on. Nice. Nice. What um you've been pretty public about your path to sustainability as a business, and mm -hmm. you know I know you've done the venture capital thing in the past, um, yeah. and I know you've written about you know a goal of getting to just one k MRR um, as yeah. a as a first base baseline. What, what's what's made you want to be so public about this approach, and then why the one k figure? You know I, I feel like that's uh, yeah. that's pretty. You know, it's pretty reasonable. Why not something more audacious or, or more more bold? Yeah. Um, actually, I can go on and on about this. So uh, let me try to uh, let me try to summarize it. Um, so as I was saying, my journey has actually I've spent almost past ten years in all VC funded startups, right? Which means high growth, uh, high risk, high rewards. I am not sure if. I enjoy it anymore. And also, I don't think, honestly, my learning has been, I probably am not good at it. Like, all my happiest times have been when the company was small. Um, and I think I 
end up doing a bad job of it at hyperscaling. Maybe it's not for me. It's not for everyone, right? I'm not saying it's wrong. Uh, it does work in some cases. But I think that binary outcome of you're either a billion-dollar company or you're, or you're bust, I think that outcome is wrong, right? I am, I'll be very happy if I'm running a sustainable company, paying my bills and saving, my, uh, saving money, cash in my bank. Mm. So that's the current philosophy right now. Um, and um, sorry, what was the... Uh, yeah, the follow-up question the, yeah, was just like, yeah. why be so public about it? Or, or what is it that... And why 1,000? What's that? I'm sorry? And sorry, you would also why thousand dollars? Yeah, exactly. Why thousand dollars? Why is that the number that that you're striving for at this point? <clears throat> yeah. So I think while I was going through this journey, this has been a journey of almost two years. Like before I quit, like I actually told my boss in my last company, I was an early employee there, directly reporting to the CEO. That boss, I will quit in two years. So uh, I think I gave probably the world's longest notice period. <laughs> uh, so while I was going through that. One is that I learned how to code because I knew that I will not be able to hire engineers because I won't have VC money. So I learned how to code. Um, And I knew that if I can get to a solid base where everything is automated, I'm not throwing people at the problems, right? Uh, It's a product which has less churn. It's validated. Then if I can get to $1,000, See, I live in India, right? So $1,000, you can pay your bills, you can pay your rent, you can pay your electricity, your daily food. Then I don't have to worry about anything anymore. Now, if I can get there, the success is not a question of if, then it's a question of when I will get successful. And I'm a single full-time founder. I do have a co-founder, but he's not unfortunately full-time yet. So if you really think about it, like I am doing marketing product, I'm a bad coder, but I still have to code. Uh, I have to do validation, I have to do sales and I'm okay with that slow success because I know that if I can get there, it's a solid base, right? Like it's not a, it's not a leaky bucket that I have force fitted success. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's why thousand dollars. I don't think the ambition is to be at thousand uh, dollars. I think our ambition is to be uh, a one-stop platform for everything for our remote leaders, right? We want to help them onboard people. We want to help them, like the entire HR funnel, right from onboarding to even exit interviews, 360-degree uh, feedback, performance reviews, OKRs. We want to do all of those things one day. Uh, but slowly and steadily, I think um, I'm okay with slow success now. Yeah. Because that means hopefully a higher chance of success instead of either a rocket ship or uh, bankruptcy. Yeah, I, I love that approach. And I think, you know, more and more the binary outcomes, um, yeah. they're becoming harder and the, and the harder to achieve, especially as more capital has been flooded into the market. Um, yeah. So, and is, is your thought that you will always sort of live in other products? Like right now it's Slack, and I know you're talking about some other integrations. Is the point yeah. to always kind of be within other ecosystems? Or are you thinking about at some point like centralizing this experience and bringing people onto your own property? Um, good question. I don't think I have a great answer right now. We'll be open to it. I am not stuck to one solution. I am very attached to the problem. I will solve it with whatever solution is the best. 
So if a few months down the line we realize that we need to have our own property instead of being dependent on other platforms, uh, happy to do that, especially if the user experience also becomes better. But I think our go-to-market strategy is definitely to be on these other platforms to increase our distribution. Like we already started getting organic traffic from the Slack store. We're on the third page for the HR category now. So if you know people go to the Slack store and they search for HR apps, they will find us. So it helps in distribution. So I feel it's a decent GTM go-to-market strategy, but completely open to finding whatever path to uh, solving the problem. That's very cool. Um, where do most of your companies, uh, your your customers, um, where are they from? Are they main, mainly India-based or a lot in these states? Or are they kind of all over the, the world? Where are you seeing these pockets of penetration? Um. I actually just did this analysis and I posted it uh, on our blog also. I think the major chunk is India as of now, 50%, because they were most of them were the early beta users. Mm. Uh, but now the momentum with organic growth has started shifting to Europe and North America. That's really cool. Um, how do you think about localization uh, from a translation perspective? Um it has come up a few times, uh, but as of now, I am not sure if it's the largest problem that we should be solving for. Yeah. Um, like I feel that if like we have a few like I I know of a team and I'm very close to that uh, manager and you know I take feedback from them regularly. They have a team in Ukraine, they have a team in Russia, they have a team in India, and they have a team in Spain. So that manager actually has a lot of language issues going on. Um, we can technically and potentially do language translation for that leader for that manager but probably not now we have bigger problems to solve so being kind of uh you know the a single you're you're playing the ceo the lead engineer the the sales rep the sales rep um what are yeah. some, what are some of the tools that you use to stay organized um about uh, tools around uh, tasks and productivity yeah, yeah exactly like what do you use for you know managing your roadmap what do you use for tracking your leads um like what's your personal productivity stack um wow um i don't think it's anything fancy i think all my tasks are in notion so i just have uh, i just have uh, you know one document where i add anything that comes to my mind and each of those are tagged with a few things. Uh, should I do this today? Should I do it someday? Should I do it uh, this week? Uh, and there's one more category called Draken. So if a task is like really big or really scary and I don't know how to solve for it, I tag it as Dragon. Uh. So I know, you know it's going to be a difficult one. So I focus on it first. Um, I just use that, nothing else. And we usually do our bugs and and like uh, projects and sprints inside GitHub. Uh, everything is in GitHub where we add issues and cards. I feel it's pretty good. I don't know why people use Jira and stuff when everything is inside GitHub. Um, I think that's it. That's awesome. So Notion in, yeah. in, in GitHub is where all the action happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. What, um, what, are, what are your plans for the rest of the year with, with, uh, with coffee? Um, uh, once again, good question. I don't think we have full clarity yet. I am still a little bit worried because we don't have uh, paying customers yet. Like the only revenue we have got is 
from an annual deal uh, that we got with one of our earliest deal like we did $7500 on that deal but it's an annual deal and that client that customer got uh, 30 to 40 hours of uh, of consulting hours also by uh, you know from me so i gave them consulting on how to do remote work remote town halls employee engagement etc uh, so i don't know how much you know i can even attribute as product success for that revenue so i'm not counting it as mmrr apart from that we have nothing uh, because people just signed up like a month ago right so they need a trial period then they need to see and then they'll uh, sign up so i think over the next two weeks we really need to be sure that okay there's something here at least a few people are taking out their credit card and paying us yeah um so we are right now in that mode we don't want to build anything new i'm just doing customer development i'm reaching out to everyone personally to see what the problems might be um after that if things go well which i'm hoping they are because it's a validated market uh, we want to focus on adding more integrations uh, so we are we have applied for a whatsapp api uh, microsoft teams is another app store uh, maybe github integrations maybe trello integrations stuff like that super cool um nice well uh, as we wrap up here um adi where where can people find you online where can they see the products where can they follow you on twitter um i'm on twitter at uh, aditya rao 310 which is a d i t y a r a o 310 uh and you can find kapi at uh, kapi.tv that's our website you can find us on the slack store also if you just search for us sweet i'll uh, i'll make sure to link all of those out in the show notes um awesome. but adi again we really appreciate you coming on the show and you know we wish wish kapi that you know, a lot of success for the balance of the year and we'll, we'll keep an eye on you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Dan.